My name is Kate the Socialite and you're listening to episode 79 of The Kate Show. Today we're talking about one of my favorite topics in marketing and that is your portfolio images. Now guys, I love looking at photos of beautiful spaces, beautiful soft furnishings. It gives me all the feels, it gets me inspired and I know that your clients feel the same way and that's why it's so important that you not only get your projects professionally photographed but then you use those photos in your marketing they don't do any good if they're just sitting in Dropbox and they don't do much good if all they do is sit on your website either so today we're going to discuss how you can use your photos as one of your greatest marketing tools I'm going to share how you can leverage your portfolio, whether it's large or small, for the biggest and best marketing impact. We're going to cover the big things you should always do before and after adding new project photos to your website, how to make them work for you across Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook, and why telling the story behind each project is absolute marketing gold. Okay, but before we dive into this episode today, I want to share with you guys something new. Yeah, that's right. We're making changes on the Kate Show. I want to share with you the review of the week. And I also want to remind you that if you have not written a review for the Kate Show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, please go do that. It really helps me out. I am so thankful and blessed to have a five-star review, well, a whole bunch of them, but a five-star rating on iTunes. And guys, like you have no idea how happy that makes me. So I want to share with you one of the recent reviews I received. They called it Marketing Made Easy. Amazing podcast. So much useful information that you can't afford not to be privy to. Kate's no-nonsense approach to marketing your business is refreshing. I have used several of her services and they've been great for my company. Keep it coming, Kate. I'm listening. And that was from the owner of Urban Loft Window Treatments. So thank you very, very much for how kind you are. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. All right, guys, let's talk about your portfolio. Before you take photos of any recent project, you need to make sure that you've hired the right photographer. Or if you're doing it yourself, which is totally an option, make sure that your camera is of high enough quality. And you could even use your smartphone if you get an aftermarket lens that will really help capture the space. Because while it's certainly okay to go back and edit the lighting, take away some shadows, and really improve the quality of your photos using something like Photoshop or Lightroom, you do need to make sure that you're starting out with a good product, with a good photo. You'll also need to make sure that the space is staged and styled to look good on camera. And of course that means it might look a little bit funny in person, but it has to translate well through the lens. And the beauty of this aspect is, this is what you guys are already doing. You're already staging and styling beautiful spaces. So I just need you to continue that creativity 
through the photography process. Even if you have hired a photographer to do it, it would be best if you could collaborate with that photographer, especially if they don't have a lot of experience photographing interiors, because that is a niche. It is a specialty. The best thing you can do is find someone who does have experience photographing interiors because they know how to make your space look its best in a way that is still authentic to your actual work. Going back to if you are trying to DIY this, make sure that you are using a good aftermarket lens. Make sure that you aren't just relying on a point and shoot method. You have to make sure you have good lighting. You have to make sure that there's not too much light or too little light because that's going to make your work look shoddy, even if it happens to be some of your best work ever. So lighting is everything. After your photo shoot is complete, you should have at least 12 images in your arsenal. Even if you only photographed one room, ask your photographer or a team member who's familiar with Lightroom to edit the photos as needed. Now this does not mean adding elements that didn't exist in the original image, but it does mean adjusting the lighting smoothing any fabric wrinkles and highlighting different textures you used in the project. There is nothing that is sketchy about this, guys. This is about just making sure the image is a good representation of your work. Because if you or your photographer are standing in the space, you take a photo, you look at it on the screen and you're like, you know what? That doesn't even look like the same space. It doesn't look right. That's where things like Photoshop and Lightroom can really be helpful. So don't be afraid to use those things. Now, let's talk about when you are getting ready to put these images on your website, because you should make sure that happens ASAP. First, you need to compress each image so that it has a faster loading speed on your website. A slow loading speed on your site will only frustrate the people who are trying to use your site and they'll probably just click away. There is an option for a free image compressor that I will put in the show notes of this episode, but I do want to explain what this compression means. If you've hired a professional photographer, they will automatically know what to do and they will give you web-sized images. And if they don't, you can certainly ask for them. You need to make sure that those images don't exceed 2,000 pictures pixels in height or width because when you start getting into the three, four, five, and even 6,000 pixels, that slows down your site. There's just so much data in those photos and it's really not necessary. So make sure that they are compressed. Now, if you want to compress them yourself, like I said, use the tool that I have in the show notes or just Google tiny PNG. It will compress a PNG image, a JPEG image, and a few others as well. I use it all the time when my team is designing websites because we often get portfolio images from customers that have not been compressed, they're ginormous, and they would slow down the site, and we don't want that to happen. The next thing you should do is add a logo watermark to each image. This is optional, but it's always a good idea, especially if you plan to share your images on social media or Pinterest. And the watermarking should be happening during the Lightroom editing phase, especially, because if you're already in there making changes to the photo, why not add a watermark? And a quick note on watermarks, it should basically be your logo or your logo submark in the corner of the photo. I don't suggest putting it in the middle because it really does 
detract from the aesthetic of your photo and we don't want to do that. Just put it in the corner, it's fine. And quite honestly, if someone wanted to steal your photo, they could no matter where you put the watermark. And it's just best that you do your due diligence and put it in the lower left or the lower right corner. You could put it in one of the upper corners, but it happens to look better in a lower corner. Now, if you aren't sure how to add a watermark, you could use a tool like Canva, which is free, or you could ask your photographer to do it or someone on your team who uses Lightroom or Photoshop. You'll also want to make sure that whatever logo mark they are using has a transparent background. There's nothing tackier than putting a logo on your photo that has a white or other colored background. It really detracts from it. It ends up becoming a blemish on your photo and it's not advisable. So make sure that you are starting off with a good watermark and make sure that it's somewhat transparent too so that people can see through it slightly while still noticing that it's there and that it is certainly a designation of your work. Once you've got your photos looking their best and bearing a watermark if you so choose to put one on, you still have a little bit more work to do before these images can be uploaded to your website. The most important thing you should do is change the file name of each image from the random letters or words or numbers that automatically populate to something that Google can read for SEO purposes. I want you guys to keep in mind that Google doesn't know what your image is about. It only reads the file name. So if the file name of your photo is a bunch of gobbledygook, it's not going to know that that photo should show up when someone Googles uh, kitchen remodels in San Diego, California. You have to actually put that in the file name so that Google understands when this photo should appear in search results. And if you happen to plan on putting these images on Pinterest as well, that particular file name will also be searchable on Pinterest because Pinterest is a search engine. It's not actually a social media platform. Another interesting thing to keep in mind is that Instagram will also read your file names. So do yourself a huge favor and just name those files right now so that no matter where they end up, they are working for you rather than against you. When you decide to name these file names, Make sure that you include the location of the project, the project type or the room type, and you could even include your own city and state if that project was not done in the same city and state in which you operate your business normally. Again, this literally tells Google the who, what, and where of your work and makes it easier for you to appear in the right search results. If you were to leave those file names as a bunch of gobbledygook, who on earth is going to be typing that nonsense into the search bar of Google? No one, which means that your project photos would not be working for you. By naming these files before you put them on your site, you're actually helping to increase your website's SEO. You'll also want to make sure that any other photos you put on your site aside from your portfolio also have the appropriate file names that I just described. So any photos you're putting on your home page, your services page, your about page, including your own headshot, or the images that you're putting in blog posts, make sure that you name them accordingly first. And I do have examples of this in the show notes if you need to look at it. 
Once you've got all of this done, your images are finally ready for uploading to your website. Hallelujah, right? Your portfolio projects should be sorted by room type or by project type. It just depends on how many photos you have and which organizational method makes the most sense for you. So put your thinking cap on and figure out how you can make it the least confusing for people who visit your site. If you're a home stager with a large portfolio, you might want to sort by room type. If you're an interior designer with extensive multi-room projects, you might just want to sort by project type. This allows you to keep all photos of the same project together, and it can really show the continuity of your design work from room to room. If you're a soft furnishings workroom, you might prefer to sort your portfolio by product type, such as draperies, shades, cushions, etc. Because people who are looking for certain products, they don't necessarily want to see the entire project that included these draperies with these cushions, but you know what? Maybe they might. So make sure that you ask yourself, how do my clients want to see my work displayed? And the answer is going to be different for each of you. So again, put on your thinking cap and put yourself in your customer's shoes because that will be the best indicator of how you should organize your portfolio. Now, I do wanna say quick disclaimer here. If you can, avoid using slideshows to present your projects on your website. Slideshows are more difficult to view and they can also slow down the loading speed of your website. If you use a grid or a Pinterest style photo layout, that's honestly best. They also make it easier for you to add collaborator and photographer credit beneath each image, which could be hard to do on a slideshow. Also, be sure to ask anyone who was involved with your photo shoot if and how they'd like to be credited on your website and on social media. We all know it takes a village to get these photo shoots to turn out perfectly, so make sure you're giving credit where credit is due. Does marketing your interior design, home staging, or workroom business give you anxiety? Guys, I get it. I used to hate marketing. That is, until I found a way to make it easy and simple. Now I share my secrets with all my members over at socialitevault.com. As a member, you get access to social media posts, captions, hashtag sets, email newsletters, client welcome packets, branded magazines, and more, ensuring that you'll have a complete sales funnel for attracting new clients even when you're asleep or just too busy to even think about your marketing. Turn those hours you spend worrying about your marketing into hours spent working on new client projects. Your business deserves high quality marketing and you deserve to get your time back. There is no contract required for this service, so head over to socialitevault.com to get started. We've all heard this a million times before, but images are worth a thousand words. And you know what? They don't lose their value when you use the same images many times over. So in light of that, here are some helpful tips that will help you get the most mileage out of every project you photograph. Number one, make sure you install a pin it button on your website to allow visitors to pin your images on Pinterest. And that leads to step two, pin your own images on your Pinterest business account and include a link back to your website. If all you do is pin your images, but you don't put a link to your site, when people click on your images, they will be taken 
nowhere. And you'll miss out on a lot of website traffic and a lot of potential leads and new clients. So make sure that you have Pinterest installed on your website and make sure that you're pinning to your own Pinterest boards. But you also have to make sure that you have a Pinterest business account, not just a personal account. And I've talked about Pinterest in a couple other episodes. So if you want to know more about using Pinterest as a business and how it can increase your web traffic and why it's so good for SEO and why everyone should be prioritizing Pinterest, especially even over social media, you need to go listen to those other episodes. Or you could simply reach out to me and my team because we also Uh, work with Pinterest all the time and we've seen such great benefits for my own brands, for my customers' businesses, and Pinterest just works, guys. You can use automation tools to make it easy for you and you can get more mileage out of your own portfolio images by using it. Now, the third thing you need to do is make sure you write a blog post for each project that you photograph. And this is going to be separate from your portfolio. Make sure that you use this blog post to tell the story behind what the client needed, how you met that need, and how the client felt after working with you. Emotions are what sell, and it's important that you capture it, in addition to sharing beautiful images of the home tour, the room tour, or just sharing the different soft furnishing projects that you have completed. Make sure you share this blog post on Facebook every few months. Don't just share it once and be done. You can post it more than once to get the most traffic out of it as possible. The fourth thing you can do is post each image individually on your business social media accounts over the course of several weeks. Don't just post the entire project at once on Facebook and be done with it. Don't blow up your own Instagram feed by sharing all the images at once. Sprinkle them through the next few weeks or even months if it is a huge project. And if it's a small project and you only have a dozen photos, you can easily stretch that into a whole month. And make sure that every time you post an image, you're tagging any related brands, vendors, collaborators, and photographers because it helps them get more exposure. And it also increases the likelihood that they will repost your photo, which gives you more exposure. A month or two later, repeat this process. Many of your followers won't see these images the first or even the second time around. So it's important that you don't just make it a one-time thing. You can reshare and repost images of your work to your heart's content. Trust me, nobody minds seeing a pretty image more than once. And if you space it a month or two apart, nobody is going to look at it and be like, aha, you ran out of content. You're just posting more of your own stuff as duplicates and it's very redundant. No, people aren't going to say that. They're just going to continue to be impressed by your work. The next thing that you should do when you're posting these images on social media is the caption. The caption is so important, guys. And a lot of us get a little bit lazy when it comes to writing captions because we're not sure what to say. And I hope that what I'm about to share with you will give you some good tools you can use to write a caption that actually works for you and isn't just a bunch of nonsense. In your caption, point out your favorite aspects of the project that you have photographed right then and there. So specific to that shot. Also, be sure to include a call to action or a CTA at the end of each caption, such as 
Want a space like this for yourself? Click the link in my bio or DM me to book a consultation. This call to action is so important. Once you've hooked a follower's attention on social media, you should always tell them what to do next. You don't just want them to like your image and keep scrolling. You want them to actually click through to your website, get in touch with you and become a lead and then a client. Each time you share an image on social media, whether it's the first, the second, the third or more, make sure that you're also sharing it as an Instagram story and a Facebook story. You need to get the most mileage out of each image as you possibly can. Not only was your photo shoot a financial and a time investment, but your images are also the most efficient way to present your value to potential clients. And if you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, you know how important it is that you maintain control of your perceived value because that gives you the ability, the privilege, to set whatever rates you feel are best for your business, turn away bargain hunters, and refuse to offer discounts because we both know your work is worth far more than those things. So make sure that you are not discrediting yourself. Make sure that you are getting the most traction and momentum and mileage out of every image and every photo shoot. Now, guys, there's one other thing that you should be doing with your images. And I hope that each of you will consider this. You need to include three to five images of your work in your email newsletters. Now, if you're not sending a newsletter, that's a whole other problem because email marketing is 40 times more effective than social media. I am going to harp on that for the rest of my career, I am pretty sure, because you will not land projects directly from Facebook as consistently as you will from email marketing. So make sure that you are utilizing this tool and make sure that you're including images of your own work whenever you can. This helps you get even more interested eyes on your recent project. It allows for more direct, intimate communication between you and your subscriber. And I just want you guys to know, my clients often do this and it results in their email subscribers clicking reply to book a similar project. Often, people simply need a visual reminder of what you can do for them, and then they're all over it. You can even use photos from various different projects in the same newsletter. Let's say your newsletter is about custom draperies. Well, you have more than one custom drapery project in your portfolio, so you can use images from different projects to highlight the different aspects. Maybe you want to highlight the hardware in one and the fabric in another, or you want to point out how a window treatment should flow with the rest of the space, how it can contrast or coordinate perfectly with the upholstery. I mean, the sky is the limit. You can mix and match to your heart's content, and of course, if for some reason you run short on your own work, you can go the stock photo route, but your photos are always going to be the best. Your photos are your work and your work is completely visual. So if you have not invested in high quality photography of your work, I hope you will after listening to this episode, because as you can see, there are so many different ways to use it in your marketing. Taking photos of your work is crucial to having enough marketing content. But like I said earlier, you can't just take the photos and then let them sit on your computer somewhere. You need to use them, share them, blog about them, include them in your newsletter. You need to 
work them to their full capacity for months and even years to come. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about projects that you did maybe seven, eight, nine, ten years ago that maybe they're just not looking current. I would suggest that you remove any outdated project photos from your website immediately and that you stop using them in your marketing. The last thing you want to do is present the image that you are an outdated stager or designer or window treatment professional or upholstery professional because you know those things were on point back 10 years ago when you did them, but perhaps they are starting to look a little bit dated. There is no harm in removing many photos from your site if it will protect your image, if it will protect your brand. So go through your site and make a list of all the photos that need to be removed from your portfolio, from blog posts, from any other pages on your site, including and most importantly, your homepage, because the homepage of your site is where you get to make that first impression and you only have a few seconds to make that good first impression. So make sure that you are putting your best work out there first and foremost. All right, guys, I hope this gives you lots of stuff to think about. I hope you understand the importance of really using your portfolio to its fullest potential. If you have any questions about this episode, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on social media at Kate the Socialite, or you can head over to katethesocialite.com or socialitevault.com. And you can even go to the katesshowpodcast.com. Guys, I have too many websites. Oh my goodness. But if you go to the katesshowpodcast.com, you will find the show notes for this episode, including a few different resources I have for compressing images, for setting up Pinterest for your business, and for getting help with your portfolio or help with your website as you need it. Until next time, guys, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.